Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome. To Simply Stogies, I am your host, James. This week, we have a special guest with us for this episode. It's Tommy Z-Man. Tommy, welcome to Simply Stogies. Thanks. Good to be here in Iowa eating corn. <laughs> I'm actually in New Jersey, but, uh, you know, right. it's close Yeah, not close enough. We also have soybeans. That's our other big one. That's great, dude. No, I'm happy for you. No, no, it's terrible. We have tomatoes and corn. Well, and Bon Jovi. Actually, oh, screw him. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have a, uh, a blueberries, too. So just so everybody knows. Wait, didn't you have Springsteen as well? I hate that son of a bitch. I'm just saying. like, There's there's a lot of exports that come out of I know Jersey. there's a lot of people that like Springsteen. I just have always disliked this music. And yeah, there's a couple yes. things, other things, but I'm not going to get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. All right, so we'll come back to you in just a second. But before uh, I, I jump into this uh, uh, great interview with, with Tommy, we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. He's got a wealth of knowledge. Um, and so this is an interview that I'm super looking forward to. But before we jump into it, uh, I, I'm in, I want to invite you to go to uh, OxfordCigarCompany.com and use coupon code SIMPLYSTOGIES. Uh, use that coupon code. You'll get 10% off your entire purchase, no matter what it is. OxfordCigarCompany.com. Coupon code simply stogies, 10% off. It's a deal. It's a steal. Go, go forth and buy cigars. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Rob. And, and we're, we're from, from Smoking, smoking and, and Drinking in Space. In space. Oh, whoa, hold on. I thought this was a commercial for Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys. Who no, no, no. This is the commercial for Smoking and Drinking in Space, a sci-fi podcast no, from... they don't want to listen to a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. It's old hat. We've been doing it for years. At least it's not shallow and vapid like that show with a couple guys who wish they had powers. I mean, what's up no, with that? You're shallow and vapid. I'm just going to eat my fuck out. And you're an idiot. And you can catch both of us on Smoking and Drinking in Capes and Smoking and Drinking in Space at Creative Brain Camp. Andy.com, along with many other great podcasts. Tommy, welcome uh, to the show. That was it. That's all I got to do. That's all the shilling uh, uh, for today. I promise. Oh, we're done. All right, that, man. Thanks. Nice. Yeah. It's a good yeah. show. Good show. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you later, Tommy. Um, let's talk about how you got into cigars, and then we'll we'll kind of talk about how you broke into uh, the biz, uh, as they call it, and, and we'll go from there. But how did when did you start smoking cigars? I think around 1995. Um, it was at my brother-in-law's wedding. Now, I owned an advertising agency in northern New Jersey, right outside of uh, Manhattan, about a ha half hour outside of New York. And um, I actually started doing work for uh, Cigar Aficionado. This is a long time ago. It was, it, was, uh, it was direct mail work. And my dad had always been a big cigar smoker, but he smoked crappy cigars like optimos and stuff like that and i'm sorry yeah. i called them crappy but to me they're, they are they're, they're crappy yeah so 
Um, when when I started doing work for Cigar Aficionado, I had to try cigars. And it just so happened that uh, my brother-in-law's wedding was coming up that I was in. And we smoked cigars at the table, first time for me. And I absolutely loved my first cigar. I mean, I loved it. And then I just went nuts and fell in love with it. And, do, you, uh, do you remember what that first one was that you fell yeah, in love with? Partigas, Partigas number 10, which is wow. kind of a big cigar. I'm probably kind of full for a first-time smoker. Yeah, for a first-time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Well, you know, I always loved the smell of cigars because I smelled them all the time. Because my dad would smoke in his old Volkswagen while we drove around when I was a kid. And the whole car stunk like uh, cigars. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is years later, when I really got into cigars, um, I got my dad into really good cigars and uh, changed his way of uh, life for sure. And his wife. It really did. It really did. So. Well, that's good. I mean, so you're really a, a, a disciple of, of the cigars uh, and you go forth and you spread the word and you get people out of like you're dead out of, out of bad cigars. But I, I want to go back even further. So you said you owned an advertising agency. So you've really been, uh, and if, please don't take this as derogatory because I don't mean it to be. Uh, but you've been a content creator, quote unquote, uh, for a very long time. Yeah, no, a real long time. Because I, I worked in an agency before I had my own agency. And um, I had uh, 12 people. It was a small agency. But we were, like I said, about a half hour outside of Manhattan. But I did major, major corporate work um, as a third tier agency. But third tier agencies can make a lot of money. Uh, because we do a lot of the stuff where we did a lot of the stuff that the uh, major agencies won't handle. I mean, I'm serious. A word, a one word type change on a brochure, they'd get charged $1,500 for. Wow. So, you know. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. But it was a good life. And that's how I got into cigars. You know, I started, I did some direct mail work for Cigar Aficionado. And of course, uh, started tasting and testing and just, and then just got into it like, like crazy overnight. And, uh, one thing I didn't share with you is if people know me, um, what happened was around 1998, uh, I actually created my own cigar magazine, a, a full color, beautiful, glossy magazine called the back room. And, uh, Lou Rothman of JR, uh, was shown the magazine and he loved it. And so I went in and presented the whole concept to him and he loved it. And he ended up selling like 30,000 copies of my magazine wow. through J through JR. And thus uh, I developed a, an incredible relationship with Lou Rothman, who uh, was an absolute genius. Um, you know, I, I don't think he could survive in today's environment the way he did things, but the way he did things, when he did things, he was a master, an absolute master. Why don't you think he could survive in today's environment? I think the one, the one thing that I think that people had a problem with Lou, and let me say a lot of people loved him. And I loved him. I really did. He was so good to me. And he gave me such a big break uh, to work in the business. And I worked with JR for like five years, not for them, but with them as a freelancer. 
And I did a lot of stuff for them. I did their blog. I did a lot of videos. Um, he took me on a on a week long trip to uh, Je- with General Cigar on a private jet at a Morristown, New Jersey, to uh, uh, the Dominican Republic and to Honduras at the old oh. Villazon factory. Um, so. What the hell did you ask me? <laughs> I went off on a tangent, I think. Why would he not survive in today's environment? I, I He had a problem when he had Cigar Magazine, which I was a writer for. And I, I think towards the end, he told me that me and Steve Saka were his two top writers. And uh, uh, that the... Uh, Trying to think what I was going to say. Now I forgot. This is terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, well, he, he, let me think. He didn't like the new cigar makers. He liked all the old guys. He liked the Olivas. He liked, uh, you know, Placencia. He liked all those guys. But all these new guys were coming up and he didn't really even know who they were. And I think a lot of the newer smokers kind of didn't like that. Um, but so I think if he was still around today, I don't know if he would cover them. Uh, I know he liked Christian Aroa a lot when he was at Camacho because he knew his dad. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, you know, if you, you could probably name a litany of new guys, he wouldn't have known and didn't care. Well, that's, that's interesting because he was around during the, you know, the first cigar boom. And now Correct. they say we're in the second cigar boom and it's, it's different, but it's, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, there's a lot of new manufacturers, uh, a lot of new, new cigars popping up. Do you think, I mean, okay. So, so you had a great relationship with him. Do you, do you think that some of these boutique brands, these very small brands deserve coverage? Uh, it, I guess it depends on the brand that you're talking about. Um, I, I think they all do if they're w- well-made cigars. If they're if they're good and they're well-made, yes, yeah, smaller ones deserve to be talked about. Absolutely. I mean, I know you've had Nick from LH Cigars, and he's a perfect example. He makes a great cigar. He really does. He really does, and I think his his Maduro's freaking phenomenal. And he's in many hundreds of shops in the U.S., but he wants to be in more. But I think it would be a service to cover a guy like that because he makes a great cigar, but a lot of people don't know who he is. Yeah, I've had him on the show a couple of times now, and I, I really do like his product. I think it's it's one of the better products out there. And he gets no coverage, almost no coverage from cigar media. Yeah. Um, I, I have a really hard time with cigar aficionado. I don't typically call them out on the podcast i've written a couple of of pieces on them Uh, but when you were covering cigars you were doing reviews and 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 what else were you doing uh with jr um as far as content wise putting it out like give give my listeners a little taste of what you would put out in a month well lou uh i remember lou rothman asked me to come to lunch and he said and this is a while ago. He said to me, are you familiar with blogs? I said, yeah, very. He goes, I want you to write ours. And it was JR Cigars with the Z-Man. And I used to write it every day. But I didn't necessarily cover cigars that much. I just covered kind of the lifestyle. And he loved it. 
He really did. It was when he left the company that they ended it. And uh, let me just say, when they ended it, that day I called uh, Famous and uh, uh, met with them. And then uh, within a week, they hired me on to work with them for over six years. So, so so you've you've been in and around the industry for quite a while. Yeah, I have. And and the cool thing is since I do what I do, uh uh I've met like almost everybody in the business. Probably 90% of the key players and have become personal friends with many of them. Guys that they're on my uh on my cell phone uh, that I can press a button and call them and they'll answer. And um I just, I always loved that because they treated me very friendly, of course, because I always covered them in a very positive way, Sure, uh, but, but they, they generally, I mean, for real became friends with me and I'm talking Nick Perdomo and his wife, Janine are just the two of the wonderful people that treated me so well. Uh, Pete Johnson, um, uh, Eric Espinosa, uh, Jose Blanco, I could go on, Steve Saka, I could go on and on with the names, but uh, it was cool meeting them because the one thing cool about meeting all these cigar guys and getting to know them is every one of them handled their business like totally different than the next guy, (laughs) the way they handled their business. And I always found that absolutely fascinating. And, um, when I got to, uh, we, we didn't even get here yet, but I, if you don't know, guys, I worked for famous for six years. Um, I started a a Facebook live show that we did in my, uh, office with the writers. And every week I had a different cigar guy on and it was so neat learning how they did business because the way, like I said, Nick Perdomo does business is totally different than the way, uh, say Rafael Nadal does business or whatever, but nobody's wrong. Uh, they all have their own ways of doing it. Yeah. And it's, in- I, I agree. Cause it's interesting in a, in an industry that hasn't really changed in hundreds. I mean, you're, you're rolling dead leaves. It can't change that much. Can it? Uh, everybody like there's a way of doing business that has been done for quite a while, uh, whether it's the handshake, but just the, the, the marketing and the thought processes behind it and the creativity behind it is different from manufacturer to manufacturer, blender to blender. And I think that adds uh, a lot of uniqueness to the different products. Uh, and, and I like to see, you know, kind of how the sausage is made. And I, and I hope my listeners do too. And that's kind of what we try to do here is highlight uh, what, you know, the personalities behind the cigars because personality is what makes the cigar, isn't it? I think initially the initial sell of it, um, but you know the real uh, the real thing is that people have to light it up and smoke it, and do they like it? And um, you know, you never know. Uh, I think a great example was uh, uh, Nick Malolo. He left uh, Drew, Drew yep. and you know. A lot of regular people didn't know who he was. You know, us cigar smoking guys knew, but a lot of the regular guys maybe not have known. But once they tried a cigar and, you know, he he came out with Charter Oak, which is an incredibly delicious cigar, but super cheap. 
And that's how he really, I thought he really got on the map, but then now he's created some incredible cigars. Just incredible stuff. Yeah. It's fun to watch the, the progression, the, the evolution of some of these guys. And even just to look back and see where they were and where they're at. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, I know Nick Perdomo very well, and he talks about that all the time. And, you know, it was maybe before uh, COVID started and I, I did a dinner with him at uh, Famous and I said to him, when did you realize that you were truly successful? And he said, not until like a month or two ago. I go, are you kidding me? You know, because he's one of the top yeah. selling cigar makers in the world. And he actually meant it. He goes, I never felt that way until about a month or two ago that I was totally, really successful. I thought that was kind of weird, but, you know. When, when did you when did you realize you were successful, Tommy? Uh, when I came out of the womb, I think I was, <laughs> I, I think I think I knew. I just right, had a feeling. Right away, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it depends. What am I successful at? I was very successful in the advertising business. And, uh. Then I thought I was very, when I was writing for Cigar Magazine, and that's what I forgot to mention before, JR owned Cigar Magazine. And that was a great magazine. It really was. And it was so well done and it was so different than Cigar Aficionado. And I became really one of the top writers there and got tons of emails every week about, you know, my, my articles and stuff. And I started to believe, yeah, I was pretty good. But so what happened? Like if you, because it sounds like you really enjoyed it. It's not, like you have a passion for this kind of stuff because you you had the cigar magazine. You you worked with Jr. and then you worked with Famous. Like you have you you obviously have a passion for it. I have a tremendous passion for it. I mean, when I first went into Famous before I started there, they showed me the new online cigar magazine they were working on and said if you work here you'll work you'll be an ed editor here so i became an editor and a writer and wrote some of the most creative stuff i've ever written and uh my best article ever was about the smoke nazis i don't know if you had got to see it <laughs> and uh it was about my neighbor the smoke nazi and it was pretty much a true story and i i, I believe to this date it's gotten more hits than any article they've had uh, I, I like so when I wrote for Cigar Magazine for JR, um, and I told you, like, say, Steve Sackett and I were very well known, but our styles were like on the other end of the earth from one another. <laughs> yes, 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 you they know? were. Steve could write about black tobacco and like, like a, like a scientist <laughs> reading this shit. And I'm going, Holy shit. I said, if I ever write this stuff, someone will have to kill me. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine I wrote the funny stuff everything I wrote usually had an edge to it and a lot of humor in what I wrote and Lou loved that and Lou Rothman actually told me that I wrote most like him than anybody else yeah uh, if you if you go to uh to your website which is uh Tommy Z com, is that right did I get yeah. that right yeah Tommy Z Z-O-M-M-Y-Z-M-A-N there you go uh, it's like, you can see a lot of the things that he has done. He has a lot of videos up, like you've produced videos. You have a, a lot of audio commercials that you've done. Uh, and they're all, I mean, there are some serious ones, uh, but there are a lot of funny ones as well. 
Like, do you consider yourself a a, a, a comedian? A humorist. A humorist. Okay. That's, that's what? a better word. Yeah. No, I've always considered myself a humorist. And, you know, as you said, there's some stuff that's not humorous, but it's still, how do I say it? The way I talk now is the way I talk when I get off here and talk to my friends. Right. It's no different. I am just, it's me. When I'm interviewing or being with people or writing about cigars or writing about anything, uh, it's me. It's how I am, which I think is cool. It, I, think it is. Lou, I think Lou Rothman really liked that because I wrote from the heart. And, uh, you know, he, he took me, like I, I've said before, to uh, uh, Dominican Republic and uh, Honduras for like a little over a week. And I, that was so cool. I mean, that was such an amazing, amazing trip. But he told me it was going to change my whole world. He said, you think you know about cigars. Wait till you do this. And he was absolutely right. Um, I got to go to every single phase of the business, every single phase. And there were many phases um, from planting seeds to, you know, picking stuff to making stuff to rolling stuff to whatever. Uh, I got to see every phase of it. It was really cool. And the people at the factories treated me incredible. And I remember saying that to Lou, that how incredible everybody treated me. He goes, yeah, because you work for me, you idiot. So, <laughs> but that that was Lou. That's funny. All right, so so you worked for Jr. You worked for Famous, and that was about eleven years together, right? So there was about yeah five, five six years for at each one. So there was something. There was something that happened. And, and honestly, Tommy, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with it. So I'm going to let you speak to it because I don't want to speak out of turn and I don't want to say something that wasn't that's not accurate. But something happened uh, at the end of your run with Famous, and it, it was news a couple of years ago, and then it just kind of nobody heard anything about it. I want to give you the opportunity to set the record straight and tell everybody exactly what happened, what the outcome of it was, and we'll kind of go from there. The um, woman that was the manager of the retail store at Famous, uh, I was, well, let me just say, I was, they ended my contract at Famous. And I think that was just a money-saving ploy. And uh, that was really the reason. And that kind of broke my heart because I loved working there. And I had everybody there I was just such friends with. And I thought I was really good friends with the manager of the retail store who sent me an email and said, oh, we're going to miss you so much. And then I replied and um, I replied, I joked uh, to her. I won't get into what the jokes were, but it's all in writing and it's all, uh, it's, it's all on record what was said. And later that day, I get a call at night from the police department in Easton that what uh, I sent this girl and they want to arrest me and they want me to come in the next day and arrest me. I'm like, what? And I was blown away. And she basically, she turned me in to the police and told them that I said I was going to come in to famous and shoot everyone. Wow. Now, a, I never said it. B, everybody knows I never said it. C, there's no record of it anywhere. Because this whole thing was done through um, through a fax. 
or actually through uh, through phone. So, um, and uh, through and uh, they arrested me, and the, the police department arrested me. They had me in lockup. I had to perf uh, appear before a judge, and the judge was really nasty. And I, I thought he was going to throw me away. I mean, I'm serious. And he let me go. But then it wasn't until like a week or so later, I found out from my lawyer that she told the police that I said I was going to come in and shoot everyone. And this was made up. So when I had my first court meeting, which I've had a whole bunch of them, which sucked. Right. Uh, when I had my first court meeting, um, my lawyer said to the arresting officer, why have you said that Tommy Z was going to come in and shoot everyone? And the officer said in front of the judge, um, that was a big mistake that should have never been in the police report. And my lawyer looks at the judge and goes, I want that stricken right now. And it got stricken right there and then. And that's why the good news is I have been uh, found completely not guilty. Um, all charges have been dropped and all charges have been erased from the Pennsylvania court system as if they never existed. So not only were all charges dismissed out of hand, just like this is this is all wrong. We're dismissing all charges. This should have never happened. But they actually expunged your record. They're like, it's it's as if it had never happened. Yep. And uh, took like two years. And that's really, it, it took an extra six months because of COVID. Which yeah, well. Uh, but, well, because even the courts were shut for like months. Right. Shut down. But um, uh, a lot of people knew when it happened two years ago. And the cool thing is, I'll tell you the cool thing, that at least... I'd say a dozen of the top cigar manufacturers not only believed me completely, but supported me completely and supported me publicly and to my face. And, and I'm talking about the Perdomos and, and uh, Espinosa and Jose Blanco and, uh, uh, oh, Krishna Roa was, was phenomenal to me. I mean, Good. he actually got my phone number from somebody and called me the day after it was announced. And he goes, I don't believe a word of this. He goes, I'm on your side. Whatever you need, I can help you. Wow. And, and I got so much of that from all the top cigar makers. I felt so good about that. And um, a lot of the people online were posting, oh, did you see what Tommy Z-Man did? And so many of my followers and fans would write, there's no way he did this. If you've ever known Tommy, there's no chance he did this. And uh, I was very grateful to all those people. So uh, I am an innocent guy, 100% innocent. And uh, it was kind of tough because like when it first happened, one of the real people who really believed me were my friends at Alec Bradley. And Alan Rubin was so good. And John Lipson, who's the head of their marketing, were so, so good that they actually hired me. And I worked... Uh, I did a bunch of uh, great freelance work for them until a damn COVID took over, <laughs> yeah, uh, which really screwed that up. But I had such support and it was really cool. 
So I haven't done much in the cigar industry over the past two years, and I would love to start uh, redoing. So uh, I can't tell you who, but I've actually had a couple of discussions with some, a couple of major players. And uh, good. I have some really good possible stuff happening. Uh, but if any cigar guys are watching, come on, I'm, I'm here. He's here. Tommy's man. He's waiting for your call. You can use me. I'm, I'm, I'm very usable. <laughs> so that's good. That, that story has a, a, a happy ending because it did really affect how you were able to, to do business in, in the business, in the industry that you, that you're passionate about. But it sounds like you got some, some things going and you had a lot of support, uh, but that you didn't have a lot of support elsewhere. Did you like in the media? Well, because there was an article written when this happened two years ago from a certain outlet, uh, media outlet. Well, uh, it was actually written by the local paper in Pennsylvania. And uh, unfortunately, Half Wheel and Charlie Monado picked up on it and wrote a piece about me and uh, that I was arrested and fired and blah, 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 blah. And I had to wait till this was cleared. So very recently I contacted Charlie and I told him, I asked him if he would please write an article saying I've been cleared. And he felt it wasn't best to write an article. He just put at the end of the existing article that the judge dropped all charges. Well, that article's two years old. Who the hell's going to look that up? Exactly. I kind of disappointed, uh, you know, I have nothing against Charlie and the, and the place, but what happened is if you go to my uh, Wikipedia and look me up, that article shows up like third or fourth on, on the page, on the first page. And I figured if he writes even the smallest piece and say, hey, I've been found completely innocent, that's going to show up on the first page and that'll override that article. Yeah. And he felt it was better to do what he did. So kind of disappointed. Who Someone... <laughs> was uh really help was coop was uh cooper was really helpful so he wrote something really nice about me uh but you know it would have helped if half wheel had written another article and they chose not to so what am i gonna do well it's interesting because you have been in the uh on the media side of the cigar industry for a long time uh and and while you may not have been a quote unquote and i use this term in the loosest possible way. While you may not have been a journalist, um, you know how things are supposed to go in the, in the media realm. If someone takes the time to write an article uh, that, that, you know, talks about you being arrested for whatever reason and charges pressed against you for whatever reason, and then those charges eventually are dropped and everything's dismissed and your record's expunged which they don't typically do a whole lot like that's not a normal thing you would imagine that a again in the loosest possible way a journalist with any integrity at all would write a second article that would then you know kind of set the record straight i don't know he just felt that this was the best way of doing it it's his publication i can't argue with him but the problem is you know he added this, I was released of all charges at the end of an article from two years ago. Yeah, Who no one's going to look up 
an article no, but... from two years ago. That's probably several thousand articles ago for for half wheel. So I'm not pissed. I don't dislike him or anything, but I'm major disappointed because that really would have helped me a lot. But you're, you know what? You're more gracious than I would be. Yeah, you know what? I have to move forward, and um, you know, I, I, uh, what can I say? I have to move forward. That's <laughs> right. all I can say. That's all you can say. All right, it, and that's and that's and I think that's a a good way to put it. So let let's move forward. You you call yourself a humorist? I would say comedian. You have you've you have been um, doing this for a long time, and and you. Oh, always- I'm also a I'm also a. a- Ex-porn star, so just, that's a- <laughs> okay, excellent. You've been a, a comedian in the current climate of PC. Do you see? Do you see that PC culture kind of sneaking into the cigar area? Uh, and how does that affect your humor, your your unique brand of your your unique way of looking looking at things and kind of you know putting a funny spin on it? Well, I think the only way that PC gets into it is. From people that are just totally anti-smoking, but that's the only way. And I, you know, I've had to deal with that for years. Uh, uh, I worked with Glenn Loop uh, from uh, CRA, CRA for a long time. Him and I are close. I've worked with him, and I've worked with some of the other cigar makers on it. And uh, it's a pain in the ass that because they hate smoking, and they'll go after us. Uh, but for the most part, I don't think it's changed what I've done and how I've approached anything because it really is a select market, you know, talking to the cigar, uh, fans, but it's become a very big market. I mean, cigar smoking is pretty big right now. Very, very popular, very big. And the cool thing about it is it's from beginners to hard nosed guys for 40 years and everybody in between. Uh, so there's something for everybody. So I don't think it affects me too much of what I have to say and how I go about saying it. So you never think twice before you post anything or before you, uh, you know, make content or produce a, a spot. You don't. Well, it depends on who it's for. And then I always ask uh, for guidelines or permission, you know, what I can say, how far I can go, how far I can push. You know, like even before we went on, I asked you, can I swear? Oh, yeah, fuck and yeah. The, and the answer was, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I'll, I'll always find that out. But um, it's not really a problem for me. That's good. So, you don't, you, do you just not let it affect you? Or are you able to kind of turn it on, turn it off, and kind of dip into, you know, this area of humor, this area of humor, depending on who your audience is? So, not let not what affect me. Like the PC culture, do you just not? Oh no, dude! I I I am I fucking despise the PC culture. I despise, uh, you know what they've done and how they've come after people yep. and how certain comedians have been canceled. Um, you know uh, Seinfeld and uh, who was it? Chris Rock won't uh, ever do colleges again um, yeah. because of the PC. Uh, backlash they've gotten when they've been on stage and people standing up and screaming and walking out. And, um, uh, I think anybody who's into cigars probably feels the same way. I would got to say 95% or more 
feel the same way. Um, I it's just my own guess. Eighty to ninety. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Why do you think? Because I I feel the same as you do. I think it is probably 85, 90 percent of cigar smokers, you know, despise cancel culture, despise PC culture. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is that cigar smokers feel that way, specifically cigar smokers? Um, I think because 80 percent of cigar smokers are uh, right wing and I'm guessing at about people who follow me and I've had many thousands of people that follow me about 20% are left wing. Um, so we know how the right wing handles uh, the situations we're talking about and hates the PC culture and the cancel culture and stuff. Uh, but the guys who on the left who follow me are admittedly left wing, but a lot of them, shoot guns and smoke cigars and so they don't give me a hard time on the stuff i believe in but then again even on social media and stuff i don't talk politics too often right uh it got me in trouble a few years back how uh, so when or i was working gonna... with when i was working with famous i made some political comments on my own page and i would have people that would call famous and complain and want me fired Oh, Jesus. Um, How many years ago was this? Probably seven, eight years ago. That's like right at the very, very, very beginning of cancel culture. I would say so. Yeah. But I had two instances where people wanted me fired. And one guy was a preacher and I had to write this incredible apology letter to him and <sighs> killed me to do that. Oh, my but, God. But, uh, they That's actually crazy. would. Th this guy called twenty people till he could get to the owner of Famous and wanted me fired. Wait, so, so you had to sit down and write an apology letter like you're a ten year old who just broke the window of the neighbors playing baseball. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I would say so. Yeah, it was it was horrible, but I knew once I wrote that letter. He'd be cool. And he was totally fine with it and said he he forgave me and all that. And I was like, oh, God, thank you. you forgive me, you <laughs> fucking scumbag, asshole, <laughs> preacher bullshit. But for the most part, guys who are left wing politically, who are my fans, don't give me a hard time uh, because they like what I do and they like what I stand for with the uh, cigar culture. And uh you know, the cigar culture led me into, you know, one of the things I think you wanted to talk about was the Cro-Magnation. Yeah, I did. I was and just getting ready to bring that up. Cro-Magnation, for you guys, that's C-R-O-M-A-G Nation, is a page on um, Facebook that you should go to and sign up for. And every day it's just guy posts. And um, guy posts, whether it's cigar smoking or uh, muscle car driving, uh, uh, red meat eating, uh, pussy loving. <laughs> and I, and I don't mean that from a sexual, like an outward sexual standpoint. Like I don't do any porn or anything like that, but right. just, I do put pictures of very, very incredibly hot looking women and write funny things. I always write about that. They write for me, that they, that they work for me and they have to stay late 
and I stay late with them, and that's because I'm such a good boss. But and then anything else you can think of that's anti-cancel culture, and uh, uh, it's totally politically incorrect. So if you guys want to have some fun every day, go to Crow Magnation on Facebook and join up. And uh, uh, I've been doing it for about five, six years, I think. Maybe. Was this uh was this your answer to cancel culture? Well, if you're gonna cancel me for this bullshit, let me show you exactly. No, I, I you know what? It actually was more of that. I was doing a lot in the cigar biz. I guess I was with Jr. back then, and I said, you know what? If I want to grow bigger, I got to get outside of cigars as well. So I touched on the whole man's man thing. And that's the best way of putting it. Yes. Men's man, men's men. And uh, cigar smoking is just part of it. But whiskey drinking and beer drinking is part of it. And barbecue is part of it. And red meat is part of it. And uh, wicked cars and, uh, you know, you name it. Anything that guys love. Yeah, it Uh, would be. I would liken it to uh, Tim Allen without the cocaine. (laughs) Thanks. Like it, it's very, it's not power tool driven, but it's everything else that men love driven. It's beautiful. I, yeah, I think it is everything men's love. And, you know, every once in a while I'll print something political, but it'll be funny. And the last one I printed, I don't even remember what it was, but oh my God, the liberals went fucking nuts and came down on me so bad. Yeah. I had like a thousand likes on the post. I mean, a thousand likes. That's a lot of likes. That's a lot of likes. For a Facebook post. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that's what I would say to them. They went nuts and calling me the worst things. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, just thousand likes. That's all I can say. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, yeah, that's a lot for a a single post, a thousand likes. So, uh, you know, is it obvious I'm a conservative? Sure it is. But uh, I try not to talk about politics anymore and post stuff. I do once in a while. Uh, not a big fan of our president. Um, I don't think do you got how many left-wing people are not a fan of our president. They haven't been a fan uh, of any president since Obama. I mean, it's, it's dropping under 40%. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, like, holy crow. I don't want to really talk about that, but, um, but I think that, I, I I do. If you agree with me, I think the cigar culture is eighty to ninety percent conservative. Would you agree with that or not? I, I think I think that it is. I think it's also changing uh, because we have more uh, uh, women coming into the hobby. I think that that the numbers are changing. But here's what I've noticed because I I travel all over the country uh, uh, to do this kind of stuff. And when I when I go to lounges, I always ask them. I say we're so divided as a nation. Like, what? Wh- how do you keep that out? How how do you keep the peace in an ever uh, divisive, you know, environment? And and they always say we just keep politics out of the like out of the lounge. We don't turn it on. We don't watch the news. None of that. Like it's sports. It's movies. It's music. It's not. It's literally anything but politics. I think people are tired of talking about politics. Ah, <sighs> I. I- I think so. They really are. Um, but they're I mean, how, really, I, how, and, and this is why I like what you do so much, Tommy, cause it's, it's humor driven. It's like, how, 
how long can you be mad? Like, can you wake up every day just angry and shaking your fist at the sky? Well, like, there are people that are, you know that. I, well, but I do, but. I No, you're right. I, I think my goal for, for over a decade has been to uh, bring jo- a sense of joy to people, no matter what, if it's an article I write, a video I've done, um, you know, r- radio commercials. I used to do uh, all the radio ads, write and do the reads uh, for for uh, famous on Sirius XM or just on Facebook or Twitter. I, I try to I try to get away from the the uh, stuff that drives people crazy every day. It's and an if escape. I do talk about it, I'll do it in a humorous way that gets people laughing. Yeah. So it's just the way I've always been. And I want to talk about that for just a second because you're like beyond being just like a content creator. And again, like you did this at a professional level. Like I am a content creator. I create content at a very, very low level. That's what I do. I set the bar low. Nobody has high expectations. That's why I succeed. But you did this at a high level. You did it professionally, but you're also a voice actor because in some of those commercials that you've done, like you do all the voices for them. Yeah. Uh, and I love doing that. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, it's very, uh, it's a very big mix of stuff that I've done. And, um, you know, even if uh, work that I, I try to get even now, it doesn't necessarily have to be cigars. I love it if it is cigars. And like I said, I have a couple uh, big, big time guys in the cigar business that are interested in working with me, uh, especially because they know I'm innocent now and everything's cleared. Uh and uh, I just love it. I really do love cigars. But if it involves other stuff, like I just, for two and a half years, I just wrote for, uh, you know, the uh, the products Copperfit that have Brett Favre commercials yes. and stuff? Yes. Uh, I wrote articles for their website for the last two and a half years. I made a lot of money doing it. And uh, they loved my writing. Are you still Are uh, you still writing for them? No, they've they've uh, kind of canceled the website they were doing, so my gig was up. So I can make Brett Favre sending dick pic jokes, or no? Sure, you can. No, I, I don't have one. I just why not? Sure. I, uh, but they I'm not nearly as witty or clever as you are. Oh, thank Th- you. that would be why. That, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> uh, Brett Favre and Jerry Rice were the two guys for yep. them, and uh, I really love doing it. it. Sucks that I'm not doing it anymore, but. Um, like I said, doesn't have to be cigars. Uh, and I can write very serious, which I have because of my advertising background. But I like doing the fun stuff, as you can tell. I, here's what I'd like to see, Tommy, if I could make a request for some content later on down the road. I would like to see you and Steve Saka on a sitcom of some sort where he plays the straight man and you're. We've actually done that. And I've interviewed him before. Uh and uh, I always try to get him to laugh. And, do you succeed? Uh, I, yeah, I do. Because he really, Steve really is a good guy. A lot of people think that he's so serious and, and too serious. and But he's got a great uh, uh, fun side to him. Uh, he's a regular guy. He really is. He's just so brilliant when it comes to tobacco, um, almost on a scientific level. And uh, my head has a hard time with that. Um, it really does, especially when I've interviewed him. But like one time at the, uh, if you've ever heard of the Cats Festival, 
which they have, uh, uh, it's a group called Cats on Facebook and they have their own uh, uh, page and everything. And uh, they had an outing a couple years ago that for two days, Steve and I sat right next to each other pushing cigars. And uh, the conversation was fantastic. Um, yes, I would do, Steve's a great guy. He really is. And I'll tell you what, he makes amazing cigars. Yes, oh, he does. Wrap. I mean, his very first ones, when he first did Sober Mesa, I was blown away. And now he's taking it just to another level. And I love that uh, David Lafferty hooked up with him, who is another incredibly good guy. I, I, I got to think that um, 95% of the cigar guys are really good guys. I mean, really good guys. I would agree with that. Uh, you, you know, um, Pete Johnson. I went to a cigar shop uh, in Bloomfield, New Jersey, Sanjas, which is a very well-known cigar shop in North Jersey and New York area. And Pete came to it and for three hours, we stood next to each other and talked about everything but cigars. Yep. We talked about, you know, because he loves, he was in a rock band. He had hair down to his waist, hard rock band. Uh, and I love hard rock and heavy metal. And uh, he loves hockey. We talked about hockey. I love hockey for hours. And we didn't talk about cigars. And he loves that. <laughs> but, but you know, like I said, each of these guys is so different. But um, no matter who I'm with, whether it's Nick Perdomo or even Rocky Patel or, or you know, you name them, um, I, I talk to them on a – the way I'm talking to you, just on a one-to-one -one, down-to-earth level. And, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Like uh, Ernesto Carrillo, I had never met him before a couple of years ago. And he came over to Famous. And I did a half-hour interview with him on video. And what, what a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. And there are some people I've talked to in the cigar industry that just love him. I mean, love him. And a week later, his uh, cigar was named number one of the year by aficionado. And uh, actually, I had the same thing happen with um, Rafael Nadal. I interviewed him at Famous on camera. And a week later, he was like the number one, you know, uh, non-Cuban cigar, number two cigar with his aging room. Yep. So I got that going for me. So let me ask you this. Before we get out of here, I ask everybody this. We have a little bit of fun. How many cigars do you have in your personal collection right now? 500 million. <laughs> That's a lot. All right. Maybe not. Okay. Uh, probably hmm, about 1,500. Um, I have an end table humidor and then a bunch of other smaller, you know. I want an end table humidor. It's Jesus. really cool. I got it years ago. I think I got it around, Jesus, maybe about 15 years ago. And um, uh, it's really nice. It has like the glass door and the glass top. And uh, it was a vigilant humidor and they make really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Vigilant makes beautiful stuff. Yeah. I want one of those. Um, yeah. It was a bit cheaper than it is today. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, and then I have a lot of stuff just in storage and in, in containers and stuff. Yep. 
But uh, what's smoking really good for you right now? Like, what's the one cigar if you're gonna pick up just one? Which one? Just one. Like, uh, if you don't want to, you know, put anybody. No, else. you know what? I always ask tell people when they ask me like what my favorite cigar is. That's so hard to answer because, like, especially when I worked for a famous, um, I was smoking a lot of cigars, and from the mildest to the heaviest and everything in between. Yep. And I got to enjoy so much stuff. It's almost impossible for me to name. I mean, I do love Padron Anniversarios, but they're way too fucking expensive. Um, <laughs> and they are. They're just they incredible. Are. Yeah. Um, I love the Maduro. But I also, a uh, couple cigars Alec Bradley makes, uh, uh, I really like a lot. The um, Black Market Esteli, I love. Uh, and I love that cigar because it's not overly complex. It's just so tasty. And that's what I love about uh, sticks. Uh, but like I said, I could probably name 20 now. And I can't name one. I just can't. <laughs> that's all right. But, I don't, again, it's for a cigar smoker like yourself. Uh, even for me, it's hard to pick just one because we're always smoking different ones. Like we, me, I smoke them to, to review them. Um you know, and I'm smoking two or three a day now. How many are you up to a day? Well, uh, about six months ago, I had some heart problems. Oh, no. And which uh, which was a total surprise. So I didn't smoke for about two, three months, which was fucking insane because I was smoking three a day. Yeah. And uh, now I'm back up to maybe four or five a week. But it was, you know, it was a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? When you cut down on your cigar smoking, you really enjoy the cigars a lot more. You enjoy can, the, the yeah, flavor a lot more. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, if you don't smoke for a couple of days and then you have a really good cigar, the flavor is incredible. Yeah. I, I just got over COVID uh, about two weeks ago. And so... When, when that was done, I hadn't had a cigar in probably two weeks, three weeks. And I, I smoked and I was like, God, this is so good. Yeah. When I started smoking, I didn't smoke for like two, three months. So when I had my first cigar, it was like the best tasting thing I ever had in my life. Yeah. So everything's Except, good though with the heart now? Like your, your health, your oh, good yeah, health? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, on medication. Good. I'm absolutely fine. Good. Uh, feeling very good. What's next for, for Tommy Z man? Like, what do you have coming up? Like I, in the show notes, I'll put uh, the link to Crow Magnation. I'll put the link to, to Tommy Z man.com um, so that people can easily find it, click on it, see what you're up to, see some of the stuff that uh, you've had going on in the past, but what's coming up for, for Tommy. Well, and the you know, future? it's weird because several things I was working on for quite some time all ended. And for the first time in a long time, I'm not under contract with anybody, but out of the blue, uh, the uh, these two things have come up with very well-known cigar people that uh, I may be working with, and uh, I think they'll be incredible. And I, once I actually do it, I'll tell you about it. I'll come back on and tell you about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It feels good to be relieved of the uh, legal stuff, and uh, I, you know. Every one of those cigar guys I talked about all wrote me and said they were so happy for me and they felt yeah. so good for me. And, uh, uh, a real good friend of mine is the, are you familiar with Matty rock? Oh yes. 
from online. And uh, Maddie's been tremendous in not only being a friend during it all, but when people would speak badly with me, he would like destroy them and say, you have no idea what you're talking about. And uh, so it was really good. And uh, well, I tell you that first year of COVID, it, it doesn't even seem like that year existed. Just a blur, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, last year and the last, this last year has been different, but that whole year of COVID was just, it was a blur. I can't even think of what went on or what I did or how I got by. Um, thank God I was writing, doing all that work for Copperfit, which right. paid me well. They treated me great. They were such good people. But uh, I, I think when COVID started, I lost four major accounts. Jeez. Alec Bradley being one of them. Um, just because people weren't doing anything, spending money. But I think it's coming back big time, don't you? I do. I do. I think it's coming back. I think that we're we're starting to see. Honestly, I mean, with the second cigar boom, I think you'll see a lot of things start to come back. Um, the events are starting to come back. Uh, people are getting back out there. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, you're back. So I I'm think, back. I am back. So Damn. I think. With, 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 with all these things, it, it's, a, it's a good time to be a cigar smoker. I mean, it really, really is. Uh, it's a great time, I think, to be a cigar smoker uh, because everybody's feeling so good about where things are going and headed. Uh, maybe not with the southern border <laughs> or with price increases no, no. and a few other horrible things that are going on. Yeah, I've talked about who I don't like talking about with that uh but things are going on that are really good um i i think that the florida and the texan governor have done amazing i mean i saw how covid numbers are so low in florida yet he opened up the state way before anybody else did at 100 percent. how is that uh i think desantis is great i love him and uh uh you know, and uh, I also like Marco Rubio because he's become really pro cigar and really has tried to help the business and try to help uh, government understand the business. Yep. So, Which yeah, no, I like. Yeah, there's not a lot of understanding in government when it comes to <laughs> a couple different things. Second Amendment, uh, you know, and, and, and tobacco just being the two that come to mind immediately where typically congresspersons and senators have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. They have no idea. Absolutely no idea. And there's a, there's a couple of things, but, uh, I think that things are going really well. Um, as far as COVID being starting to go away and uh, unless they come up with some bullshit third wave of, of, you know, Fucking alligator COVID or alligator. dinosaur COVID or whatever the fuck they come up with. Right. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I, Dude, am I wrong? Do you see the guys on the right coming up with that stuff? Yeah. No, no, you're not. You're not wrong for sure. But I mean, so I like, again, I typically leave people's politics, like your personal politics, your personal politics. I don't care. Right, wrong or indifferent. Like, I, I don't give a shit. Live and let live is what I say. Um, but I've been vaccinated and I got COVID. So, huh? Yeah. Well, I would, I had got COVID too 
uh, two months after I was vaccinated. But I got over it very fast. I mean, like lightning fast. I don't know about you. Two weeks. My, it took me yeah, two to my, three weeks to get over my, it. And I, I lost my sense of smell, my sense of taste, everything. Uh, it, it took me about a week or so before, like, I had no symptoms whatsoever. Wow. Um, did have a problem with some loss of taste. Uh, but other than that, uh, my heart doctor, who, you know, I go to regularly, told me that he thinks without question that uh, the fact that I had the shots is why I got over COVID so fast. He said he's seen it in so many patients. I didn't know if I believed him or not, but I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, we, 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 we put our trust in, in people that we hope, hope are smarter than us. Hope. Oh, everybody's Even. smarter than me, but, well, you and but me I, both. but I just have those good looks and a big Johnson. So. <laughs> really in life, you can't ask for much more. Tommy Z man. Welcome back. I'm glad you're back. Uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to see what's going on. And when you're able to talk about the two new projects that you've got coming up, come back on the show. We'll talk about those. We'll highlight that and we'll talk some more. And maybe who knows, we can talk about elevator, uh, alligator COVID and your huge Johnson. Plus your, your, uh, foray into porn, uh, many, many years ago. Boy, you've got me down, Pat. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, if, if one of these things come through that uh for the cigar business they'll be pretty awesome so i'd love to share it but uh no i think you you uh you do a really good job doing well, that well, if coming from you that's a compliment i appreciate i really that. do i think you do a really good job very very pro and uh i think you can grow pretty big thank you i well, i i hope so uh as well uh, but uh, you know what? I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your kind words. I know that some of the stuff we've talked about today has not been the most fun things to talk about, but I think there were things that needed to be said. And I'm glad we were get, able to get them out there and set the record straight with what happened uh, a couple of years ago. And I'm glad everything is taken care of and it's done and you're good. And yeah. No, everything's expunged. No, I'm a hundred percent innocent and there are, no charges on me in the in the uh, court system. They're, they've been erased. And I think that says a lot, doesn't it? I think it says erased, yeah, I think it says speaks volumes. They don't they don't go to that link to like expunge your record of very many times. Like there are like okay, you were charged, it was, you were dismissed because for whatever it was dismissed for whatever reason. They don't typically go back and expunge the record. So yeah. for them to do that and say this, it's like make it like it never happened. Like that's, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think they know they really fucked up. Yeah, um, putting that in the report in the uh, court report that they said to me should have never been in there. And when their arresting officer says that to you, that's like that was like a holy shit moment. Yeah. So, no, that's I'm happy. Good. Good. Tommy Z-Man is back. He is available. Uh, if you want to see uh, some of his work, TommyZman.com. Uh, again, in the show notes, you can check it out. Go to Cro-Magnation. Uh, uh, on, on Facebook. Yep, uh, the link will be in the show notes as well. Check it out. Like I said, Tim Allen without the Coke. It's very man-oriented. It's uh, uh, meat, uh, you know, anti-vegan, um, pro-woman in the best possible way. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a great site. It's a great, uh, group on Facebook. Check it out. Cro-Mag Nation. Tommy Z. Thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. 
Well, thanks so much, dude. I really enjoyed this. And uh, uh, I hope that code is now over. And uh, I have uh, hope I get laid more. That's all I <laughs> You, you and me both, and that's gonna do it uh, here uh, for this episode. That's a good ending, right? It is. It absolutely is. It's perfect. Thank See? you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Join me next time, where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about yet, but I promise it'll be simply Stokies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stokies. Please rate and review Simply Stokies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.